Rick Madison, Rick and Friends. And uh, today we have someone, I, I mean, I've been trying to get him on forever. I mean, it's it's been uh, emails and phone calls and talking to his assistants. And then finally, he relented. So uh, I want to welcome to the big show, Daryl Reuter. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, I had uh, I had your number blocked for quite a while there. So if you weren't getting through, that's the that's the reason. It's and you're not the only one. Yeah, you know, there, a number of people block me. Yeah. It's it's fine. <laughs> um, I want to to bring you on because over the years, I've noticed, heard, seen you've you've been part of a lot of big events. But number one, I got to ask you about this uh, this unicorn tattoo. Oh yeah. So just back it up a little bit because I mean, I was I was following in social media how you were going to it was a challenge and then and you were one of those people that actually was crazy enough to to pull this off and actually do this because you hit your goal and 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 again we're going to talk about a bunch of other stuff but i gotta get this uh, unicorn tattoo thing out of my yeah yeah absolutely so i i mean motion ball so that that charity that we run and a friend of ours runs it across canada um, and we can get into a bunch more of that later, but we raise, you know, two to 3 million a year across Canada for special Olympic athletes. And that goes right to the athletes there, you know, their travel, their, um, you know, their equipment, their training and, and a lot for these athletes. I mean, they don't have like their life outside of living with their parents or their caretakers. It's pretty limited. So this is really their lifeline to be hanging out with other athletes, going to these events, participating in the games. Um, so it's, once you meet these athletes and kind of get on board with it, it's, it's pretty powerful. And I, I coming through, it was kind of right in the second year of COVID that thing, if we can still say COVID, that's the thing now, but oh, it's, it's, it, it's it was the thing. It's yeah. good. Now it's over. But, uh, <laughs> but we, I kind of felt, you know, when I was talking to the local organizer, Derek Fear, a good friend of mine, and these athletes, like he was on zoom calls with them every week. Cause their, their life when COVID hit kind of went to nothing. Like they were dealing with depression they hadn't dealt with before, you know, social withdrawals. Like they, they didn't have support networks like we do, you know, like a lot of people have friends and family and can get out to different things. Like they just, all their friends were all very, very segregated. There was no special Olympic events going on. So there was no way for them to connect. So we needed to raise money during that time still. And there was no way for us to run events to do that. So I, I had this, our team in this, in the motion ball marathon of sports here year after year has been named the fire breathing unicorns. So I was sitting there having a couple of beers <laughs> by my pool once with Derek and I, we call him ginger. He's known as ginger, but sitting with ginger, having a couple of beers. And I said, like, I want to do something good this year. I want to do something like we're not even doing an event. We're just raising money. So I want to do something that'll kind of, you know, obviously raise some funds, but also put a bit of awareness onto the cause. And obviously there was a million causes that were hurting during COVID, but we were doing what we could do. And um, I said, if I, you know, if I raise $10,000, I'll, I'll get a tattoo of a fire breathing unicorn on my back. And I, I should have, I should have done a different number. Cause we hit 10 grand in like four hours. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of shot a little bit low on that, but it ended up going up to about, about 20. So, but the cool thing about that was the year after, which was just last year, I challenged Paul Etherington. So he's at a Toronto and now his Paul's lineage with special Olympics goes way, way back. His grandpa was one of the founders of special Olympics in Canada. And his dad was a board member, president of special Olympics, Canada. So Paul and his brothers back in the day started motion ball as a way for the kind of younger generation, younger professionals to give back to, um, to special Olympics. So, so back up just a second though, yep. what is motion ball for a lot of people that are listening? They, they don't right. know what motion ball is. Right. So motion ball, there's, there's 50 events across Canada now with motion ball every year. The main event is called the marathon of sports. So I think there's 18 marathon of sports across Canada every year. So for instance, the one in Kelowna we just had in September. So, you know, there's teams of 10, you know, you put in a, a, a Czech creative team or Kelowna now team, Royal LePage team, whatever you're putting in and you get 10 people on your team. 
and each team gets a special Olympic athlete on their team as well. So you raise pledges to go into this marathon of sports for the day. So you show up, it's at city park. We had 400 people that were involved in it this year. So, and we raised $250,000 locally. So it would basically, you know, they have an opening ceremony and they welcome all the athletes and all the teams meet their athletes. It's sponsored by Under Armour. So everybody's got cool Under Armour swag on and like, you know, everybody's ready to go. DJ Invisible's there pumping tunes all day. And, 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 you know, we just, you just ran like 20 minutes at each sport and you go through eight or nine sports throughout the day, all these different stations, so soccer. What, what kind of, give me an example yeah, of a like sport. Soccer, there's bench ball, there's basketball, there's uh floor hockey. Like there's nothing, there's no big serious, you know, it's not a competitive thing. Right. So the onus is on raising money to go into it. And so they, uh, yeah, so we raised $250,000 this year for that. So Paul and his brother have started this marathon of sports motion ball and they have a couple galas too. They have a big gala in Toronto and a big gala in, in Calgary every year. And they've also, they, they've reached out to all these universities. So I think there's 13 or 14 universities now that throw a mini kind of marathon of sport. So they get all the university attendees and kids involved. They bring out all the athletes and they do a day of sport and raise some money there too. Right. So, so how does it work with the athlete though? Is the athlete doing every one of those sports as well? Yep. They're on your team for the day. So okay. they come out and they're, you know, they're, and they, they, they love it. They're sometimes they're a little bit closed off at the beginning, but once they get to know you, they, you know, they talk about where they've been, what their sport is, mm-hmm. what medals they've won. Like they're, they're very engaged. You know, what, which, what was the athlete's discipline for you? Like, uh, what did they... The one we had last year was a baseball player. And okay. that's why I need one silver at, you know, with the, the world games and this kind of stuff. So they're, they, their, their stories are, are pretty involved. Right. And it was, uh, it was pretty wild to meet them all. And we've been doing it for 10 years here now. Right. So. So all that money you've raised over the years, does that go to the Special Olympics or where does that go? Yeah. So it goes, the money that we raise in Kelowna, I think it's, correct me if I, well, I'd have to get exactly the numbers, but I believe 70% of the money raised stays in this province. So it all goes to Special Olympics of Canada. 70% of the money we raise stays in this province for athletes here. And then the rest of it is kind of sprinkled across Canada. So it's it, motion ball and marathon of sports has become such a big thing that Special Olympics Canada has actually had to hire, I think, four or five people just to deal with it. So, Well, especially with people like you cranking out the dollars. Um, yeah. So for you, what? why did you choose to do that? Because, I mean, I, I've heard you talking about motion ball forever. Yeah. But why does that mean so much to you? I know you support a lot of different charities, but why is motion ball one of those premier events for you? I think that I... I get inspired by a charity or a cause, you know, whatever it is. But I, and I think with motion ball, a couple of things happen, but at the beginning, meeting the athletes is, is something that if you haven't experienced it and you go to a marathon of sport, the next year you're going to come back bigger. You're going to want to raise money. You're going to want to be more involved. Like it's pretty cool. Once you kind of connect with them and, and see how much of a difference it makes, you know, you start you talk to some of the parents and some of their caretakers that are with them and, and they just love it. Like it gives them so much opportunity that, and, and a lot of people didn't even know that that need existed until they get involved. In it, right? Each diamond is uniquely different. It is special and beautiful because of its rarity. That is the power and magic of a diamond. A new store in Kelowna is open to showcase this symbol of love and commitment. Herrera, fine jewelry. The name in Latin means rare and exceptional. Much like a diamond is extraordinary and rare, just like her. Herrera, fine jewelry. Featuring Takuri, Noam Kava, Burks, and Simon G. Jewelry. Tell me a little bit about, the, you had the the Toronto faction 
and then your faction. And, and, and it sounds like there's a bit of a competition there. A little bit. I mean, the friendly competition always makes these things better, right? And I, the Paul Etherington, like I mentioned, the one of the founding brothers of, of this across Canada, he was pretty impressed and really liked the tattoo idea where he raised 20 grand. So I challenged him. He's been the number one fundraiser across Canada every single year. Which no matter you got to knock him off. You got to knock him off, right? Yeah. And, I, and and I, I realized through this that he hates to lose too. It was pretty funny, but he's never raised more than 30 or 40 and in a year. And I raised 20. So I said, look, let's, let's do this. The loser gets the other guy's name tattooed on their body. And I, and we were on, like, we made it on breakfast television in Toronto, like with Sid there and stuff. We were like, it was all over. News stations were calling and like, so and it ended up, it went down to the final day and I raised 110,000 and he raised 105. Oh. So, and I remember sitting there and he phoned me when we both hit 50 and he said, you know what, Ruder, whatever happens now, this has been unreal. He said, we've just raised $100,000 between the two of us. And it, it was pretty cool to see how it all went. So he does have a Roots tattoo on his body now. It's, and it looks good. It's, it looks good. I like it. <laughs> I, I think it's awesome. But it's, uh, and, and the only reason I won was because the last day, I had, I was sitting around having a couple of beers with some buddies and they were all topping me up until I could get to that, to beat him. He was playing poker with a bunch of friends in Toronto and it's a, a serious poker game. There's no phones at the table. So he wasn't able to get any to more donations. So we kind of had him against the ropes at the last minute, but we were digging deep. Like I was messaging and phoning people, you know, blackmailing them, whatever you could do to get a donation. Right. So well, I, I think I was in that, that email chain. Cause, uh, I think I talked you up on the last day too. Oh yeah. 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 You donated too. So Everybody was chipping in. It was actually really cool. I had, you know, I had a foundation from Arizona that donated a bunch to me. I had a, a local guys foundation here that, that donated a bunch. I had, uh, uh, my buddy Caddy's on the PGA tour. So he got a bunch of those guys together and they don't, did a big donation drive. And, you know, I got a bunch of money from that, which was pretty cool to see it at a completely different level, you know, like. So, so there's people listening to this that have to, they have to raise money for some sort of cause at some point in their life, some mm -hmm. people more than others. Any, any tips you can give to people so that they can help raise money for the causes that they're passionate about. Yep. Um, but you know, the tattoo things outrageous. Not a lot of people are going to do that, but yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend that. I mean, that's, that's, that's that funny enough too. That's the only tattoo I have is a fire breathing unicorn and it's big. Like on my, it's a big tattoo. On my I think back. I had it's, seen the tattoo and yeah. it's pretty awesome. Yeah. There was months where I'd be in restaurants locally or random places and people I didn't even know would be coming up to me saying, Oh, can I see the tattoo? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's taking my shirt off. Should have just went around topless for a while, but it was, uh, no, I, I really think that, you know, and I go back to the motion ball thing and once you've been to it, you know, we had Sean Pierce is a local mortgage broker here in town and he raised $6,000 this year as a rookie. He, he hadn't even been to the event yet. He was just really pumped up and, you know, we got him excited and, and he, he called all his people next year. I think he probably doubles that because he like, now that he's seen the event, he hasn't mm -hmm. been able to stop talking about it. He's like, this is amazing. Like such a fun day. And these athletes are so cool. I didn't really know what I was raising money for before, but now that I do my asks are going to be even stronger. Right. And I, I think it comes from a, a real place of, uh, like a genuine ask when you're passionate about it and you're, you, you know, like, you know, I'll call you and be like, you know, Hey, look, I'm, I'm part of this. And this is something I really believe in and it's awesome. And we need help. And if, you know, if people say no, that's fine. I mean, everybody's got their own thing. It's, but it's, uh, you know, it's power in numbers, right? You throw much enough of it against the wall and uh, enough of it'll stick. And I, I think that's it. Just digging deep into the passion about it and, and relaying that to people. But I think what you do differently is you're all in on it. Like you, mm -hmm. 
you do social media posts that are often fun. Yeah. And then you'll all you'll you'll have a sidebar to that, which is okay, we're gonna raise the stakes and we're gonna keep so you keep reinvigorating your ask, which I think a lot of people forget about. They'll ask and then they leave it and they don't realize why there's no momentum, but you actually keep feeding the momentum. Well, I think that there's a bit of a it's inadvertently I've built up a bit of a personal brand about it. Right. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I put a post out in a video and I said, Hey guys, look what's coming up next. And everybody's like, all right, what's, what's he doing now? Or what's he Mm -hmm. raising money for? So there's a lot of people that I think just believe in me too, where people are like, we know he's, he's doing good. And we know he's the causes he's involved in are going to be good. And I think people jump on on that and say, look, like we're, we're doing this because we believe in you. Right. So it's, you know, cause I get donations from a lot of people that, again, that's the awareness part of it. I get donations from a lot of people and they're like, by the way, tell me a little bit about this, you know, especially again, back to the motion ball, you'd, you'd be surprised how many people like, Oh, I have a, you know, a cousin with an intellectual disability or a, a family member. And I didn't even know this existed. Right. And then there's, then there's another, another entry into the event the year after. Right. So it's, it's the awareness as much as it is the the fundraising. I, I truly believe. So for you, is it is it the karma piece? And and again, I'm I'm not I'm not talking in any other way <laughs> than I I have total respect for the amount of money you've raised, the way you've done the fundraising, and the fact that you continue to do it for a lot of different causes. But it, it must actually help business because, I, and I know your heart's always in on, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the cause, but I mean you cannot turn a corner without seeing Daryl Reuters doing this. Like it, 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 it does become part of your brand. It, it totally has. And I mean, and in my business, I mean, I, I got into the charity stuff in my early twenties and it was just instantly, it was something I was passionate about and something I knew I had a skill for. And I, so I really kind of dug into it and I, I think that I, it, again, it had totally inadvertently, I think that it did help my brand because it got me well known in the community for the right things. And I, you know, rather than spend thousands and thousands of dollars on advertising and doing different things, you know, I was able to, to become well known with just giving my time, right. And just giving my energy to, to donating and to, to helping people donate, to getting people involved in different events. So I, yeah, inadvertently it did build up a really good personal brand and has helped me tremendously in business. Even the people that I've met through these types of events and all the different initiatives. I mean, these are all top-notch people that are giving back to the community, right? You don't, you don't run into too many people that are, you know, the, the yeah. bottom rung of the of existence when they're involved in charities, right? So, so for you, is it if you were to give advice to people that are a starting out a business, and and these are conversations I try to have with business people as well, is it it has to be there's maybe a passion give, mm-hmm. and then there's also a business give, mm-hmm. which is publicly and and forward facing, and and you're being clever about it, which is. You're saying to the public, listen, we do give back. We do give proceeds. We do try to to offer some support to the community. Is that sort of the advice you would give to people is, is you know, maybe there is a personal cause or maybe that personal cause does become the business forward facing cause? Yeah, like I, yeah, to kind of put a pin in that way too, like I, I feel like gone are the days, like I remember Wade, he was the, the owner of Royal LePage and kind of my mentor he was in Mexico one year building houses with his kid over Christmas and they'd build these two or three houses. And he came back and said, Oh, you know, I was just there building houses and, but don't tell anybody, I don't want to come off like I'm bragging. And I said, well, I said, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Cause like how, like how many houses it, it did is. you, it is. Right. And I said, how many houses did you build? He's like, well, we built two. I'm like, well, if you came back and told a hundred people how amazing of experience it was, what if five of those people decided to go down and do that? Then there's 10 more houses being built. And he's like, that yeah, it makes it, it's a good point. Right. So I, 
you know, we just did this big fundraiser that we raised 60,000 in the last few weeks for the food bank and their backpack program. And I, uh, you know, we had corporate sponsors giving up 5,000, like a bunch of developers in town, Chroma wow. Kai. And, and, you know, and these are people that whether it was me involved or the other people that were involved or the food bank, they're like, yeah, we, we want to be involved and we want the community to know that we care about this section of the community. And it's, I mean, you know, we would do little videos or pictures posting that, hey, you know, <clears throat> this company has given back to the community and donated this much to the food bank. And, and I, like, I think days are gone of being like, oh, no, I just want to do it on the sly. You know, I don't want to come off like I'm boasting. I, I think you should boast away. I think if you're doing amazing things, people should know because then it's going to inspire them to do amazing things, right? Each diamond is uniquely different. It is special and beautiful because of its rarity. That is the power and magic of a diamond. A new store in Kelowna is open to showcase this symbol of love and commitment. Herrera, fine jewelry. The name in Latin means rare and exceptional. Much like a diamond is extraordinary and rare, just like her. Herrera, fine jewelry. Featuring Takuri, Noam Carver, Burks, and Simon G. Jewelry. And I think that's a, the big takeaway is, is a lot of times businesses don't want to appear as anything less than genuine. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, and you raise a great point, which is, I think it challenges other businesses, especially when media channels pick it up or the customers go, well, wait a second, if this business is doing that with the funds that they've taken in for their own choice, then I'm going to shop there more because my dollar goes further with Company A, which actually gives back versus company B, which does not. Absolutely. And, and and I think that's the real key in this whole thing is it is a triple bottom line for a lot of places. Yeah. And they don't. Now, do you find, because you have employees and you have team and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff, are they inspired as well? Like, is there that ripple effect that that creates? A little bit. Like, I don't, you know, I, I don't think that, like, I, I obviously do this at a fairly high level and I, I don't expect that everybody else can do that or a lot of people can't do that. Um, I do like to, to, to call them out for the things they can do. So if I'm doing an event or doing something, you know, it'll be like, Hey, could you help with this? I think you'd be really good at this. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And it just gets them involved a bit. I mean, nobody needs to operate at the level that I do if they don't want to, like you keep in mind too, I'm single without kids and stuff. So I don't have, you know, I got a little bit more time on my hands than than some people do. I mean, everybody's really busy, right? So, mm -hmm. but I feel like if there's, if there's people out there that have the time and the passion, I mean, you got to take care of yourself first, right? But if you have the time and the passion, y you kind of owe it to the, to the community to do that. And I think that's a, that is the key. Now for you, is there a list of, of places that, that get your attention over the year? Like is, you know, the, you mentioned the food bank motion ball, obviously, mm -hmm. but there's, I, I've heard of different things that you do. Yeah. And so which, which some of the charities that you support? I mean, over the years, like, you, you know, we, we've done a lot with SPCA and Posit Forward, those types of things. Uh, big animal guy, always have rescue dogs. Um, I think that CMHA I used to do a lot with back in the day as well. Uh, Child Advocacy Center. Um, you know, I've, I've had my own mental struggles and, and, and issues over the years. And I, you know, I, I understand that side of it and how important it is. So obviously super attached to that. Uh, we've done a lot with the KGH Foundation, um, obviously for obvious reasons. They're great and do amazing things. And they put together a killer team all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Like whoever's, whoever's there is always good. Um, yeah, and Motion Ball. Um, I mean, basically it's got to be stuff that that I connect with. You know, I, I can't. I can't jump into something if I don't, not that it's not a good charity or a good cause, but I have to have some sort of a route there, you know, something that's. Did you do me. that on purpose? 
I did a little root, <laughs> threw it in there. <laughs> so, so for you, is it now, do you ever challenge the charity? I know you're a very likable guy, but do you ever go in and challenge the charity and say, listen, if, I just want to make sure these funds are going to the right place. Do you ever vet the charities that you give to? And I'm not saying any of the charities that you gave to are not, you know, great yeah. charities, but is that ever a part of your process is to find out where the funds go, like the admin fee or any of that stuff? Absolutely. I like this. So there's a group out of Arizona called the Valley Guardians. They're a group of guys that, that do a big event every year, guys and women, they do a big dinner event every year and they raise a million or a million and a half and they dole it all out to just kids charities that are local. And they kind of taught me. And so they've done a ton of stuff up here. They're, they're donating to the food bank drive here as well. But they kind of taught me that they really do like to investigate the charity a little bit. Um, not in a bad way. I mean, there's nothing wrong with a big charity that's being run and has, you know, payrolls. These need to be run like a business a lot of the time. But it's it's not necessarily the salaries and that stuff, but how much of it does go to the cause and how impactful it is. So, I mean, yeah, I do. And we, we went and met with Trevor at the food bank. And, you know, obviously we know the food bank, but us as a group, before we did this fundraiser, we, we went through and did the tour and, and it was amazing and, and seeing what they do and how they do it and how far their dollars go and how far their reach goes. It, it's just a no brainer, right? So I would, I would recommend that to a lot of people. That it, tour it, is awesome. No, but to find out, oh, yeah. to find out, cause then I, I think your ask has way more weight to it. Yeah. If you actually know how the charity helps you know, the relevancy to the community. Uh, obviously the food bank is, is in a lot of ways. I mean, we do know the work, but we don't truly know how many different programs they offer. Yeah. And a lot of people maybe wouldn't even know that. Totally. And I, and I like, there's a bit of a, oh, and mamas for mamas. I've done a lot for them. Obviously Shannon's amazing. I look up to her as a, as a community worker. And I, um, we just did a big golf tournament for them last month up at Predator. And I, I, yeah, uh, on that same token though, like there's, some charities these days, like there's, you know, Mamas for Mamas, and then there's these, uh, I can't think of some other ones off the top of my head, but there, or even Motion Ball, like there's, there's these kind of, I call them sexy or trendy charities mm -hmm. and people get wrapped up into that because they get so powerful and they're, they're so awesome. And, and, and then sometimes ones like the food bank or CMHA, like sometimes they can get kind of almost forgotten about a bit. Mm -hmm. So that's why the food bank one's been really fun to, to bring that back up to, to people's attention and being like, Hey, this is this is still a huge need as well, right? So trying to, to bring that to the front. So it's interesting though, with the amount of charity uh, charity work that you do and the amount of asks, do you have different audiences <laughs> or do you just yeah. hammering on Andrew McRae all the time? <laughs> yeah, Andrew gets Andrew gets a lot of phone calls when I'm, <laughs> when I'm doing charity events for sure. Um, yeah, no, I, it is true. I, you know, there's, there's definitely a main network that I, that I call out on and I, but don't get it twisted because every time they're doing something as well, I'm the first call. Hey, yeah, Daryl, that's true. time to pay the piper. We're also getting donations, right? So I, and I give it back all the time. I said, look, this is how the system works, right? So I have this uh, uh, good cop client of mine. He does the ride to conquer cancer every year and he always hits me up and I donate it, you know, a few hundred bucks or 500 bucks to him. So this year I just sent him the link to the motion ball charity and I said, time to pay the piper. This is how the world works. He said, yeah, I got you. And I, so it's, it, you know, it's cyclical. <laughs> it is good. And I, I do think that it's, it's great that, cause certain people listening would might not even connect the two of, okay, well I ask. Yeah. And then when somebody asks me, oh, I don't, I don't do that. And they don't understand that, that it's, you know, it's really a yin and yang for this. Oh, like yeah. you, you have to give back in order to get back. Totally. I, I think. Yeah. And my, like, it's been a sliding scale for me over the years. You know, when I started, 
I gave way more time than I ever did money to these mm -hmm. charities. And I, that's kind of inversely went over the years where, you know, maybe now work's going better. Things have been built up more over the years. And, you know, my time is a little bit more crushed. So maybe I, I give a bit more money now instead of time than I did before. So it's, it just depends on what stage people are at in life. I get a lot of calls from people that want to get involved in charities and, you know, they're new in real estate or new in business. And, and I said, well, look, it doesn't have to be a big check. Like, Find, dig what you're passionate about, figure out what your skill set is, then go find one to align with. Because you get involved with one of these charities and they'll never turn somebody away that says, hey, mm -hmm. I want to dig my heels in and be an ambassador and try to help you guys. Like they'll, they'll give you all the tools and all the, the help and support you need, right? So Each diamond is uniquely different. It is special and beautiful because of its rarity. That is the power and magic of a diamond. A new store in Kelowna is open to showcase this symbol of love and commitment. Herrera, fine jewelry. The name in Latin means rare and exceptional. Much like a diamond is extraordinary and rare, just like her. Herrera, fine jewelry. Featuring Takuri, Noam Carver, Burks, and Simon G. Jewelry. And there's different ways to help. And I don't think a lot of people understand that sometimes it's money, sometimes it's time, mm -hmm. and sometimes it's being the bridge to people or the, the money factor. Because there's a bunch of different ways that people can help. And I, I, yeah. I don't think a lot of people, well, I can't write a check. Well, maybe you can donate the time. Yeah, totally. Or, or you, you look at like, you know, there was uh, CMHC used to do this um, it was a breakfast where they, they gave out awards to local workplaces that had a really good mentally healthy working environment. And I remember the first year I was involved, I said, I really want to help out. Uh, why don't I just try to sell a table? So I had a table of 10 and I said, you know, and I, I phoned, and, you know, Andrew McCree came to that. And I think, I think Dave Lidinski might have, I called up all my buddies and say, Hey, like it looks a hundred bucks. Let's mm -hmm. go to this thing. There's a speaker. We get to see these awards and it's giving back like that. They love that. Like they don't have to sell one less table. Like it's, it, you know, it can start off that way and then it just kind of grows with you. Right. So. And so for you, is there a, is there a point when, you know, cause I, I'm sure charities, when they see the, the juggernaut that is Daryl Ruder, they, <laughs> no, but you, you probably do get recruited. I mean, I, I, I mean, yeah, a little bit. It was funny when we went to Trevor, I'm going to see him today, but uh, Trevor from the food bank and. You know, he said, you know, this, this program costs $60,000 a year to run this backpack program for the schools and school district 23. And he said, it's $60,000 a year to run. And I said, great, we'll raise that. And he's like, well, yeah, I know, but any, any, any amount that you can raise is, will be good. And I said, no, I don't think you get it. Like I don't lose, <laughs> like, I don't. <laughs> you know, and, and we did it. We put together, there was myself, Kaylin Dickey, Steve Larson, Ray Lee, Dave McInerney. Like we put together a team of five or six people and, and we just went at it and it was each four or five calls and. And it was accomplished in three and a half weeks, right? So it was it was pretty powerful. And, and even Trevor was like that like you know, the food bank was loving it right there. <laughs> well, it, which leads me to uh, the the last part of our our little chat today, which is the the hundred heroes. Mm -hmm. and and explain to me a bit about the hundred heroes because again, people hear about it. They yep. may not know the, the the structure, which I think is really innovative. And I, I know it's it's been done across uh, the world, but yep. just tell me how why it means so much to you. Yeah. So that, and that, that's actually a, that's a great point. Cause you know, when, when we were doing, like, I remember me and Alex Draper in town, you probably know Alex Draper, mm -hmm. but we used to run this golf tournament called homes for hounds for the SPCA. And we would bust our butts like six months and a team of 12 people, you know, you're organizing this big golf tournament and you raise like $15,000 and everybody's stressed and everybody's at each other's throats. And it's, it's tough, right. For a, for a small amount of income. 
I mean, we've seen how these other hundred men or hundred heroes groups have ran and uh, it's exactly for those people that want to make a big impact, but don't have a lot of time or a lot of money. I mean, the event, everybody shows up for six o'clock, three local charities that we pick randomly do a five minute presentation and then everybody in the room votes and the charity with the most votes gets a hundred dollars from each people. So we're like, and they get tax receipts. Like we're, we're raising 15, $20,000 in an hour when we go to these and everybody in the room, they're all part of it. Like they all collectively make this decision mm-hmm. and it's, they're making a big impact. They're not just donating a hundred, they're donating 20,000 and they, and they take it serious. Like everybody in that room, we have a committee that set it up, but everybody in that room is equally portioned of it. And I, even the committee, like we have all the jobs set up, like you know, it's, it's an hour of work per event. That's it. Like, you know, you, 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 and, and that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Now, uh, this year you have three charities, correct? So food bank, which, what's the other two? Is this airing after today? <laughs> it is after today. Okay, yes. good. So I, generally we don't let the charities out until the night of the event. We want everybody to show up and vote based on the, you know, the strength of that pitch. But Tonight we will have the Kelowna or the Okanagan Food Bank will be present presenting uh, Chris Adaptive Adventures and Freedom's Door. So those are those are three really strong local charities that that all have big impacts. So it's actually going to be I'm pretty excited to hear the pitches and see how it goes. And as and as two people who know how to spin a yarn or two, yeah. um, what do you think is the most powerful for a charity to do? Well, and, and when we phone the charities, we always tell them like, you know, if you, there's a group of people in that room that want to see something tangible or see something, mm-hmm. you know, accomplished with that donation. So if they can, if they can get up there and talk a little bit about their charity and then also talk about a certain initiative or a certain program that this money could fund and take care of, then that's something that everybody can kind of bind. You know, if they come up and say, oh, we, you know, we operate on $2 million a year and your 20,000 will be a small, small percentage of that. It doesn't get people too excited. You know, the charity can still be really good. But I remember way back when we first started, it was Clubhouse After School Care uh, nonprofit. And, you know, they said, if we raise 20 grand, we can buy this new tractor where we can teach kids how to how to farm, kids at risk, youth at risk. And and we all voted for them and we bought them a tractor. Like it was something so tangible. And <laughs> I've never seen it. I heard it's cool, but... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll let us take it for a spin. But I think that's the key to a charity is really getting into like, this is what we will do with this money. Here, here's where the funds will go and here's the relevance. Yeah, because everybody in town knows the food bank. Yeah. But if they're saying, okay, we want to use this aspect and this thing, it's it's getting these people on board to be like, yeah, that's where we want our funds going to. We're going to, 100 heroes will tackle this. It'll be done. Okay, so um, it turns out you actually do have a job as well. It's not just raising money for a bunch of charities. Yeah. <laughs> um, just want to quickly ask you, interest rates, obviously it's impacted the housing market. It was white hot for a while. Yeah. Still a trickle coming through or what's going on? Yeah, the amount of sales. Like I've been 20 years of doing this. I've seen three of these swings and now this one swung down 15 or 20% pretty quick and the interest rates went up pretty quick. Um, every time that the market's in flux like that, people kind of sit back and throw their hands in the air and say, Oh, Hey, hang on a minute. We're going to wait and see what happens. And I, now it's, you know, interest rates still might go up a bit, but I think people are kind of getting into the, to the swing of things more, a little bit more buyers are coming back and, you know, but they're getting deals now, right? Like it, you know, they, it swung up so much in the last couple of years that unless you bought really recently, there is a lot of people that have, you know, a lot of equity built up. Right. So mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's running for the Hills yet. It's just, but there, there is the buyers want deals out there. They're taking a little bit more time. 
Uh, it's just, it's just changes how we, how we deal. It's nice. It's nice now where a buyer can go out and look at eight homes, you know, and make a decision <laughs> where before it was a like, bid. yeah, before it was like, Hey, you're going to go look at this house and you got 20 minutes to decide. <laughs> and you probably gonna have to pay 200,000 over the list price. <laughs> Is it worth it? Uh, probably not. But if you don't, somebody else will like it, it was stressful to work in. Right. So for everybody. Cause it was responsiveness. Like all I mean, response. The, the market was all built on how quickly can you get this deal done? Yeah. 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 And, and it's not like, and it's, and, and a lot of the times you're just doing it because everybody else is, you, you, you know, it's, I mean, it's, but it, but that being said over the long term, real estate's never a bad play and markets have done this every time that they've spiked up all the multiple offers and people going in without home inspections and conditions. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it happened before it'll happen again, you know, yeah. and it's just, just, just dealing with different markets at different times. But I mean, there's a lot of people now, like I, you know, had a client call me the other day and they're like, we get it. Our house is probably down 150,000, but the one we want to buy is probably down 250. So it's like, we get it, but we can, you know, we can take advantage on the spread a little bit here. Right. So Mm -hmm. those people will come back now that it's kind of settled down a bit. So each diamond is uniquely different. It is special and beautiful because of its rarity. That is the power and magic of a diamond. A new store in Kelowna is open to showcase this symbol of love and commitment. Herrera, fine jewelry. The name in Latin means rare and exceptional. Much like a diamond is extraordinary and rare, just like her. Herrera, fine jewelry. Featuring Takuri, Noam Carver, Burks, and Simon G. Jewelry. Is there, as somebody whose uh, head is in the charitable space, mm-hmm. uh, you see different aspects of the population due to your charitable charitable work. Do you think going into the municipal election, is there, a, is there a way for us to figure out this affordable housing? Because, I mean, again, we've, we've seen that prices spike. Yeah. DCCs help pay for infrastructure. And, you know, I've had a lot of city people on and there seems to be you know, a lot of people are finger pointing saying, well, it's prevent province and, and no, we're going to need federal. And uh, do you have any, any thoughts on how we do that? Within, I don't, I in a place that's so beautiful. It's hard, right? Because I mean, if you're a developer sitting there and you're sitting on a piece of land, I mean, you know, you're either going to make X amount of money or you're going to sell it to BC housing for, for cheaper and develop it cheaper. I mean, it's probably going to have to take some wealthy philanthropists to, to collaborate with the city and actually make that like something cheap. And I know Shane Warman's done a bit of it over the years. Mm-hmm. I actually know he's very interested in still doing that type of thing if everything were to work out. But I mean, it's, I think there's just so much red tape and so much figuring out to do that nobody, not one single person or body is jumping up and saying, this is how we think it could, could work. Right. So, you know, I know they, they had that task force that they tried up a few years ago and I just don't think it really went anywhere, but it's, um, and that was to deal a little bit more with the homelessness too, but, um, yeah, it's, you're right. Everybody like, oh no, that's not, that's not us. It's PC housing. And then, oh, that's not us. It's provincial. And no, it's not like, it's gotta be somebody, right? Cause I mean, you can't like the amount of people that are paying for rent and mortgages now in town. Like, I mean, unless you've been in the market for a long time, like first time home buyers, they're having a really tough time. You know, I, I deal with a lot of RCMP and they make a great wage, but if they're transferred here from a smaller town with a young family, oh. Like, like, how are you going to do it? I mean, if your partner, your wife, or your husband's coming with you and kids, maybe they have to get a new job, like, you know, whether they had one before at the other place, but it's, you know, like you're coming in and spending a million, million and a half on a, on a house to, to house your family. That's, that's tough. And, and it, it's always interesting from my standpoint, when you have someone who's living here and of course they, there's gotta be a financial requirement of, you know, 
minimum maximum amount, mm-hmm. I'm sure, to qualify for that. But do you pick people moving in, or do you pick, you know, do you, and that gets tricky too. Like who gets who gets affordable housing, or who gets first dibs on? Yeah. You know, that, that's the other part of this puzzle. Yeah, I think it would have to be, there would, there would have to be some sort of a qualification like social assistance checks, right? You know, you a certain income level or, or less kind of thing. And, and, you know, and maybe they, maybe they have to apply for it. You know, maybe it's, and I know they already, they run a bit of that already, but I think it would have to be done on quite a larger scale as far as like whole buildings, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, areas, it's, it's just what's going to have to happen because, you can't, and you can't even blame landlords because they, they paid a lot for stuff and they got to get a certain amount. I mean, there's, there's landlords definitely gouging out there, but there's, you know, they'll take advantage of markets, but I mean, it's just demand makes it grow up that high, right? So, mm-hmm. well, I'm glad we figured it out today. We did. We did. We solved it. Anything, uh, I, you know what, throw anything you want. World uh, hunger. Let's solve that. Yeah. Rooter <laughs> Madison here at your service. Uh, listen, we'll uh, get you back on the big show, but thanks so much for sharing the time. Okay, and, buddy. Uh, Thank you. Appreciate all you do for the community. Thanks, man.